This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And uh, this is the first of, unfortunately, our off-season shows as the Indian season came to a close last week in the American League Division Series. On the next two shows, we will have our year-in-review programs, but a little bit different from what we have done in recent seasons. Instead of chronological order from spring training on through the end of the season, we're going to take a look at individual players and some of the great accomplishments that they had this season. And we begin this week with the pitching staff. We'll focus primarily on the starting pitching, which was just spectacular over the course of the season, but also some good things happening for the bullpen as well. And we'll get to that toward the tail end of our show. So it's our year in review programs the next two weeks here on Tribe Talk, and we'll get right to it after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And it is the first of back-to-back shows with our year-in-review programs. And this week, we are focusing on the Indians pitching staff. The starters, just tremendous this season. They finished with the second-best starters earned run average in the American League and became the first starting pitching staff in Major League history to have four different starting pitchers record 200 or more strikeouts. That would be Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, and Trevor Bauer. Quite a foursome there, and toward the tail end of the season, rounded out with Shane Bieber to form an impressive starting five for the Indians. And we begin with Corey Kluber coming off his second Cy Young Award season in 2017, and he backed it up with his first 20-win campaign this year. He went 20-7, and an earned run average of 2.89, and in the process, he threw more than 200 innings and struck out more than 200, and that made him just the sixth pitcher in Indians history with 20 wins, 200 strikeouts, and 200 innings pitched. The first to do it 
since Gaylord Perry back in 1974, and he's the only pitcher in Indians franchise history with at least 200 strikeouts and at least 200 innings in five consecutive seasons. It's just incredible the consistency that Kluber has achieved during his time in the major leagues with the Indians. And when we caught up with him in spring training as he was getting ready for the 2018 campaign, we talked about preparation and how he gets ready for a new season, even coming off one of his better seasons a year ago, 2017, with the Cy Young Award. I think that no matter how good you know, a year before it was, I think every every pitcher can probably still improve on something. Um, you know, I think that there's always room for improvement, things that, you know, maybe you feel you want to do better at or things that data says you could do better at. So, um, you know, I think, you're, I think guys are constantly looking to improve. I think that if you become satisfied with, with what you did or where you're at, then, you know, you're probably losing ground. And I know I talked to you shortly after you won the Cy Young about uh, the season that was, and and you were already back at it, uh, getting ready for the next season. And uh, how long does it take you to to get over one season and then get really excited about the next and and what it could be? Um, you know, I think that once you start working out again, for me at least, that's kind of when the focus shifts from the previous year to the next one. I think that as far as excitement and really kind of rearing to go, that sort of stuff, probably once once I start ramping up playing catch, things like that is kind of when, you know, it feels like you're working your way back into baseball as opposed to just kind of working out. Team-wise, uh, you look at this team and, and it's fairly set, again, going into the season. And what have you seen here this spring that, that has you excited as opening day approaches? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's a lot of the same guys. Um a few different changes here and there, but for the most part, it's the same group that we've had the last couple of years, and I think that's, you know, that consistency in the clubhouse, you know, on the field, that sort of stuff goes a long way. I think that the more guys play together and are comfortable with each other, things tend to kind of pick up where they left off, so to speak. Um, you know, I think that we we don't have to come in here and define a culture or anything like that. You know, we kind of we have that to build off of the last few years, and I think that that sort of stuff just allows you to go out there and play the game. So that was Kluber in spring training getting ready for the new season, and a consistent season it was as he did have that slight hiccup health-wise around the All-Star break with a knee issue that required some treatment, and he did miss the All-Star game even though he made the American League All-Star team for a second straight season. And uh, from then on, pretty consistent down the stretch. He did have to work through some issues after coming back just with his delivery. But once he got dialed in, well, he achieved the 20-win season that he had not been able to do in his major league career, his outstanding major league career. But this season, on September the 24th in Chicago, Kluber won his 20th game against the White Sox, pitching shutout baseball. Not a complete game, but shutout baseball just the same for Kluber on the night that he won 20, and we had a chance to catch up with him shortly after that. And he talked about winning 20 games and what it meant, and not surprisingly for Corey Kluber, it was all in the context of the team winning a game, not necessarily Corey Kluber getting credit for a victory. The next offering... Swung on a little jam job, shallow center. Allen's coming in, makes the catch, ball game. 
Corey Kluber's a 20-game winner. The first Indian to win 20 since Cliff Lee in 2008. And Corey Kluber, the first Indian since Gaylord Perry in 1974 to win 20, strike out 200, and pitch 200 innings. I mean, I think it's a cool achievement. It's a nice, you know, round number historically that, you know, 20 wins has held a lot of significance. So I think it's it's neat. Um, more than that, though, I think it's just that, you know, I've, I've given the team a chance to win a lot of times. I think that's the ultimate goal for starting pitchers is to give the team a chance to win. So that's Indian starting pitcher Corey Kluber, a two-time Cy Young Award winner. He will receive votes this season, although it seems unlikely that he will win a third Cy Young. But you can be sure that he will be up among the leaders in the voting when it is all said and done after winning 20 games in a season for the first time in what has been just a tremendously consistent and outstanding Major League career. Backing him up in that starting rotation, Carlos Carrasco, the right-hander out of Venezuela, who is now a U.S. citizen after uh, attaining citizenship last summer. He put together an outstanding season for the Indians. Carrasco, a 17-game winner this year, backing up an 18-win season a year ago. His ERA, 3.38, and he, too, was among those who struck out more than 200 this season. A fairly healthy season for Carrasco, but again, did have to miss some time after being hit midway through the year with a line drive off the bat of Joe Maurer. It struck his pitching elbow, but fortunately not major damage for Carrasco, and he was able to complete his season in full health and another solid season it was. Taking it back to spring training, Carrasco coming off that 18-win campaign in 2017 talked about some of his training regimens that took him around the world as he certainly is a world traveler. Oh, man, I am in trouble a lot. I think the first one I went to India, amazing place. I went to Maldives, Barcelona, France, uh, Rome. Uh, Switzerland, uh, Germany. Believe it or not, I get to, to do my work. So I wake up in the morning, do my running. I think a couple times through, through the wall. I, I bring my glove, I bring my baseball. But it's part of my, my job, you know, taking vacation, but at the same time, I do my, my work too. So. And is it important to have that just for your head, to, to have that balance uh, of having some other interests and, and wanting to see other places? as opposed to just 24-7 baseball, just to kind of balance it out a little bit for you? Yeah, just kind of, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time in baseball, 162 games plus uh, postseason, and uh, soon the season's over, so just trying to, to spend a lot of time with my family, vacation, and uh, when it's time to get back to baseball, so I just think about baseball right right there, so no, no more vacation, no more anything, just baseball, so we can wait to, to, to another uh end of the season so we can start doing some traveling. So that was Carlos Carrasco early in the season. Now a big highlight for Carrasco, a start in Milwaukee back in early May, a complete game, a victory over the Brewers. Carrasco won for 15 lifetimes swinging the bat in the major leagues. The pitch. Swung and ripped to left. He's got an RBI hit. His first major league RBI. Carrasco lashes a single to left. It's 6-1 to one Indians here in the ninth. I think the Indians want that ball. Now the 2-2. Two, two. 
Swing and a miss. Ball game. Carlos Carrasco with a breaking ball. Strikes out Shaw. It gives him 14 strikeouts. His second highest total ever in the big leagues. So that's just one of the highlights for Carrasco. And when he returned from that injury we talked about, where he was struck by the line drive in June off the bat of Minnesota's Joe Maurer, well, once he came back, he was absolutely tremendous. And as has been his custom in the second half of seasons, he has been outstanding. And this season was no different. And when we caught up with him in August talking about a good stretch, he explained why he feels that he was getting stronger down the stretch. Yes, like I always say, the first, I think the first month of the season, the last month of the season is really more important uh, in baseball, I think. So now we pretty much uh, metal agos right now. So that's what we need to stay strong. Our rotation, our pitching, not uh, as a team, everyone we need to stay strong to finish strong and get him back to the postseason. So just an outstanding season for Carlos Carrasco again. 17 and 10, the final record, an earned run average of 3.38. Well, a pitcher who seemed to be on the brink of making a breakthrough a season ago, 2017, was Mike Clevenger. A 12-win season then, and he took it a step better this season finishing the year at 13-8, and eight, but an ERA of 3.02, 200 innings for the first time in his career, and 207 strikeouts, eclipsing, eclipsing the 200 strikeout mark for the first time in his career as well. And Clevenger, for him, it all went back to preparation. Coming off of 2017, where he did have that nice breakthrough, it was the foot to the floor in terms of stepping on the gas and really trying to put together a big 2018. And he explained in spring training some of the keys that he felt would be important to a good season this past year. I mean, it's like the chicken and the egg conversation, like does confidence breed success or vice versa? And I think in that last year, it was more like, you know, I felt like I always belonged, but I needed that, you know, almost like success to show me. And then once I saw a few starts strung together, a few starts in a row, I think starting with the Royals, my very first start, I had a few good ones after that. And then I was like, you know, I can string together some good ones and then hit a rough patch with Colorado. It was like one of my first rough ones. And I saw that I could bounce back and had a good start after that. And once I saw that I could bounce back from having a bad one or two bad ones, so I was like, you know what, this I really do belong here because I can, you know, find my mistakes and then capitalize from them. And for Clevenger, the season played out about the way he was hoping as he continued to pitch deep in the games. And late in the year, in August, he had some interesting thoughts on pitching deep in the games and what it means to be a part of the Indians' starting rotation. You know, if you want to stay out on the mound and go longer than five, especially when it's critical parts of the game, which we've seen, especially later, I mean, the more and more we look into the statistics of the game, like how meaningful the sixth through the eighth inning is, and for him to have you out there in those innings after already logging five or seeing them for the third time, you're obviously doing something right, doing something right in this clubhouse. But, uh, I mean, you know, Klub and TB, Cookie, they all set the bar. I mean, they set the bar high before I got up here. And just, uh, you know, if you don't come close to that bar, you're going to be off that mound pretty quick. Candelario better be careful at first. Mike Clevenger has already picked off five runners this year. He's got as good a move as any right-handed pitcher in the American League. No score just underway here in downtown Cleveland on a beautiful summer afternoon. Throw to first. Tag is made. He picked him off. Number six for Mike Clevenger. 
And in one of his final starts of the season, Mike Clevenger did indeed reach the 200-inning plateau that was so important to him. He felt if he reached 200 innings, everything else would fall into place. And we visited with him about that milestone and also the 200-strikeout milestone as he joined three others in making the Indian starting rotation the first in Major League history to feature four different pitchers striking out 200 or more. What did it mean to Mike Clevenger? I mean, it's just hard to do. I mean, the 200 strikeouts is more of a testament to, you know, how often we get to run out on the field, more so than I think even just the stuff. I mean, it's, it's hard enough to get a strikeout in the big leagues, but to be able to go out there every fifth day without, you know, taking time off and keep getting those strikeouts, I think that's a testament to the work amongst this whole starting rotation. And I know it doesn't seem like you chase strikeouts. I, Trevor Bauer might chase a strikeout now and again, but it, it seems like it just comes in the course of, trying to get hitters out and, and do you ever feel like you're chasing strikeouts or do they just come as part of what you do no i mean if you doing that's kind of counterproductive so i mean you gotta th- you gotta throw for more contact and then obviously if you get that you know two strikes and like last night if I got two strikes my slider's feeling good of course i'm thinking punch out every time i throw it i mean there's not a time there's not a batter that gets up there i'm not expecting to punch out but that's not what i'm chasing i mean i expect that but i hope every pitcher expects that <laughs> Always great thoughts from Mike Clevenger, one of the uh, deep thinkers in a pitching staff full of them for the Cleveland Indians. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we will hear from two others in that Tribe starting rotation. Trevor Bauer, who may have been on the way to a Cy Young campaign had it not been for a fluke injury toward the tail end of the season. And also that fifth man in the rotation who could be a big key in the years to come, Shane Bieber. That comes your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhaus back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, and it's the first of back-to-back year-in-review shows as we take a look back at the Indians pitching staff from 2018. We've been looking at the starting pitchers for the, the last little while here, and we picked things up with Trevor Bauer, who very well could have been a Cy Young Award winner, and he'll most likely receive quite a few votes. But unfortunately for Bauer, his season came to a screeching halt on August the 11th in Chicago when he was struck by a line drive off the bat of Jose Abreu. It hit his right ankle and caused a hairline fracture there. He finished the season 12-6, and but an ERA of 2.21. And in 175 innings, he struck out 221. Had he been able to keep going, who knows what would have happened in terms of his one-loss record in ERA. But clearly, he was a prime contender for the Cy Young Award. Always fun to catch up with Trevor Bauer and talk pitching. And our first opportunity to do that with him was mid-May after a shutout performance over eight innings against the Tigers. The next series was in Houston, and uh, there was somewhat of a firestorm surrounding Bauer because of some observations and tweets that he sent out about why Houston pitchers had shown so much improvement when they joined the Astros after coming over from some other teams. He implicated that uh, they had used or been using some substances to increase the spin rates on baseballs, and it's something that, well, the Astros didn't take too kindly to. So we talked to him about his performance against the Tigers, but also uh, about things happening with Houston as well. Let's listen in. Yeah, I have nothing against any specific pitcher, any specific organization, nothing like that. Uh, they kind of got 
brought into it, I guess, because I guess the tweet was about an article that had one of their pictures in it or something like that. I don't know. But I have nothing against any, any picture or any organization. That's not the whole point of it. The whole point of the thing is we didn't have the technology before to quantify how much of a benefit using foreign substances, substances can be. Now we do. We know how much of a benefit it can be. And so it creates an unfair playing field. And it affects who gets a big league job and who doesn't. I mean, guys are getting signed based on the fact that their spin rate is X amount. So they're getting jobs over guys who don't have as high a spin rate. You got guys who are, you know, the results follow. Like, you just look at the numbers on, like, fastball spin rate. The higher your fastball spin rate, the more effective it is, you know, on a global level. So some guys are using foreign substances and reaping the benefits. They get compensated more monetarily, and their teams are better off for it because they're more successful over the long haul of a season. And then it puts guys like me in a tough situation where, like, I don't want to use it because it's against the rules. You know, when I had stitches on the backside of my pinky that were never going to touch the ball in the playoffs, I wasn't allowed to use just some surgical glue reinforcement for the stitches so they wouldn't break open because it was technically a foreign substance. But you have guys who are using foreign substances all the time in the game and getting the benefits of it and maybe have a job over other guys who don't or whatever. So it's an unfair, thing. unfair playing field, and that's my whole, that's my whole point. Um, we couldn't quantify it before. We can now, and we need to address it. That's Trevor Bauer, as uh, only he can do, talking baseball. And uh, you may have seen Trevor on MLB Network this postseason. He has made his multimedia debut, and, uh, boy, he seems suited for that, doesn't he? Another area that he talked about was the All-Star team. He had not been notified that he would be on the All-Star team as yet, even though he was having an All-Star-type season in late June when we caught up with him and got his thoughts about making the All-Star team and if he deserved to be there. Um, there's a lot of money at stake with that uh, future compensation, arbitration negotiations. Um, just the award recognition uh, plays a big factor in that. So, yeah, of course I think about it. Um, it's been a goal of mine to be an all-star. I think I have pitched well enough to be an all-star. I should be there. Um, so hopefully I get voted in uh, on a personal level. You know, I think we have a lot of guys on the team that are deserving. I think Clevenger's had a deserving year. Kluber's obviously had a deserving year. Brantley, Lindor, uh, Ramirez are some other ones. I think Yonder has had a, a deserving year when you look at what other first basemen around the league are doing and how valuable he's been to our team. So we've got a lot of guys that I think uh, should be there and hopefully uh, get as many of our teammates there as possible. Oh, you hope that Bauer never changes. He never holds back, and that's a lot of fun uh, for those around him. And he certainly has become one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Now, rounding out the starting rotation for the Indians this year, and he didn't begin this season with the Tribe. In fact, he was not in Major League Camp. We're talking about Shane Bieber, who came up and became a 10-game winner for the Indians by the time it was all said and done. Bieber joined the team in late May, in fact, May 31st, his birthday, to make his Major League debut in Minnesota against the Twins. He came away with a no decision despite pitching well, but it wasn't long before he would pick up that first Major League win. The next time he was called up to the Major Leagues, and at just about for good in mid-June. He faced the Twins again, this time at Progressive Field, and earned his first Major League victory. We caught up with him after that win, and obviously the young man was ecstatic. Now the set, now the 0-2. Swing and a miss! He elevated the heater! He got him again! Bieber has been at his best when the Twins have a runner at third and less than two out. 
Now you've got to get Joe Mauer. Two out, runners at second and third, and it'll be up to Oliver Perez to get Joe Mauer. This kid's going to get quite a hand. Terry Francona's going to make a Cleveland Clinic call to the bullpen. What a job by the kid. Shane Bieber in his second major league start has the fans on their feet at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. It's his first standing ovation in Cleveland as he heads to the third base dugout with a 4-1 to one lead. Here's the line by Cody Allen. And here is his two-strike pitch to Rosario. Swing and a miss. Curveball got him. Ball game. And the Indians avoid the sweep, and they get Eddie Rosario to boot. Big hug for Cody Allen and Jan Gomes as Allen records his 14th save. And how about the kid? Shane Bieber, in his second major league appearance, pitched a dandy and gets his first major league win. We're with Shane Bieber, first major league win. Uh, I know it's just been completed. Is it sinking in, and what do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when it'll sink in, but uh, you know, it's a, it, right now. It's a surreal feeling. Um, I'm just, you know, fortunate enough to play for an organization and a team like this. I went out there and battled and, and was able to, you know, get a series win or a, a win in the series today. Um, just try to go out there and eat up innings and and Gomer and and Carl put together a good game plan before the game and just went out there and tried to execute and give the team the best chance to win. And you know, fortunately, it, it worked out. Much different from the first time around, first start in the big leagues? Uh, uh, as far as nerves, no. I, I was just as nervous as, as the first time. But, um, you know, a little bit more comfortable, I'd say. Felt better, uh, you know, within my delivery and my pitches and was able to throw a slider a little bit more for strikes. But, um, you know, it was, like I said, I was just trying to go out there and be myself and, and eat up as many innings as I can and give the team a chance to win. And you worked out of jams. You had runners on early in innings but worked out of it. Is that kind of your mo and when you throw strikes you can do that um i i'd like it to be uh it's something i i'm continually working on and it's it's a really important part of the game and um i think there's definitely room to improve in, in all facets but especially that one and, you know fortunately today i was able to buckle down and make pitches when the when it mattered and um you know it ended up working out you got 24 teammates waiting on you go ahead and yeah. thanks shane thank you thank you well bieber went on to an 11 and 5 season with an earned run average of 4.55. And when we caught up with him at season's end, we talked to him about a variety of subjects, not only his success during his rookie campaign, but also his durability as a rookie major league pitcher piling up some innings. Yeah, yeah, I feel really good physically and, and mentally, and I feel like I'm in a really good spot uh, in, in, in all aspects like that. So it's, it's really about uh, continuing to learn and continuing to, to build off of each start and each outing and, and going from there and competing. 11 wins in the major leagues this year. And you start the season in the minor leagues. Uh, obviously, you have goals to get here as quickly as possible, but could you have imagined it going the way it has? <laughs> I uh, I knew that's what I wanted, but, you know, I, I recognize that things don't always uh, kind of stack up or add up to, to your expectations. So there's a lot of outside factors that I couldn't control, so I was just really focused on trying to go out there and be myself and and do my thing at whatever level it may be at and I'm extremely fortunate things have kind of lined up the way they have and uh, to be able to come here and and try to impact this team in a positive way. And Shane Bieber, Indian starting pitcher who rounded out that outstanding starting rotation for the Tribe. Second best 
team ERA for starters in the American League behind only Houston, and uh, certainly a big reason why the Indians won their third consecutive American League Central Division crown. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend with the first of two year-in-review shows focusing on the pitching staff this week, and we turn our attention to the bullpen. And it was a struggle this year for the Indians' pen from the get-go. Interesting in that the Indians certainly had a big hole to fill with Brian Shaw heading to Colorado as a free agent in the offseason. They also lost some others due to free agency, but it just seemed like it never came together from the get-go. Andrew Miller had injury issues throughout the season. Cody Allen was leaned on heavily early in the year, and it seemed like that workload caught up with him as the season went along. But there were some bright spots along the way, and for an Indians pen that was really, really struggling the first two months of the season, Man, did they get a breath of fresh air back in early June with the arrival of Oliver Perez. Perez was pitching for the Yankees AAA club in Scranton, Pennsylvania. When he was signed by the Indians, they brought him right to the major leagues. And how about this? 51 relief appearances. Perez was 1-1. One one. The ERA, though, 1.39. Just tremendous and a big shot in the arm for a bullpen that needed it, especially at that time. And toward the tail end of the season, we talked to Perez about his outstanding season with the Indians and some of the keys to his success. Yeah, I think the more important for me is trying to be ready every day, learning what happened in your last outing, even in your last game. And uh, I think the more important is trying to be consistent, be consistent, be available to be ready for any game. And uh, I think that's, that's what I'm doing right now. That's Indians reliever Oliver Perez. Now, a big key to the tribe heading into this season was Andrew Miller, the lefty who was such a big part of the Indians' run to the World Series in 2016, just wasn't the same this season. Big reason why, three different stints on the disabled list. A knee, a hamstring, and left shoulder issues caused him to miss 85 total games. When he did pitch, there were times where he looked like the Andrew Miller of old, but overall, his record was 2-4, and four, and his earned run average was 4.24, and he did struggle in the postseason. Now, there were some glimmers of hope. When he came back a final time in mid-September, it looked like things were really rounding into shape, and Miller said that he felt he was on the right track. I think ultimately it's just kind of everything coming together. It's uh, It's been a tough year. It's not how I would have scripted it, but... You know, ultimately, it's just kind of been, you know, one thing after another. I think we've got all that in the past, hopefully, and you know, look forward to competing down the stretch. Are there times during the, the course of a season like that where you feel like, man, is this ever going to click and, and come around the way it should? I, I think sometimes those thoughts creep in your head, but you know, we got a great medical staff and we have great people around, so just trying to take care of it and, and be, you know, strong and healthy and, and you know, do everything I can to take care of that end of it. You know, the reality is, as baseball players, you don't. You don't really ever feel 100%. you got to deal with what you've got. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a good spot, and uh, I can't wait to get back out there. That's Andrew Miller, Indians reliever, who was expected to be a big key to the Indian season, but things just never came together for him injury-wise and stuff-wise as he was not the same pitcher we had seen in the past. He may get back to that at some point, but at least in 2018 it was a real challenge for him. 
Closing things out for the Indians and closing out our show this week, Cody Allen, one of the all-time good guys to wear a Cleveland Indians uniform, the 29-year-old who now makes his home in South Lake, Texas, established himself as the Indians' all-time saves leader, surpassing Bob Wickman with a save in Kansas City on the 4th of July. We had a chance to catch up with him afterwards, and he talked about the big night in KC. Allen's ready. Checks the runner. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Bounced up there. Did he check it? No, he went around. The first base umpire field in Cobra said he went too far. That is strike three. And the Indians have a sweep here in Kansas City as they win it tonight, 3-2 over the Royals. Oh, vintage Cody Allen right there is now Allen with 140 career saves is at the top of the list by himself in terms of the franchise record for the Indians. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a great honor, um, but I've said it a few times, you know, it's a, it's a testament to uh, the caliber of group, bullpen units that, that I've been a part of uh, for the last six, seven years. The, just the caliber of teams in order to, to be put in this situation to to have the opportunities to go out there and and close games out with the lead um, you know it's it's a collective effort but it's definitely something I've been very very proud of and very fortunate enough to be put in the situation to to achieve that number I was talking to Terry Francona about it a little bit earlier today and we talked about the volatility of that position, the closer position, not easy to be consistent. What do you think allowed you to be so consistent and durable over many seasons now? We've got a lot of good teammates, uh, great, great staff here. Uh, the guys that just, you know, they just try and keep you as even keel as possible because there have been times throughout my career where, where everything's going great and then, you know, for a few outings there, you know, one can snowball into another and, and it's an easy spot to kind of, it, maybe it could transform into something worse than it needs to be. Um, and, uh, you know, just have great guys uh, there picking you up. And, and we've had great bullpens. So uh, there's been quite a few times I've gone out there for the ninth inning and the heavy lifting's already been done for the day, whether it be by the starter or by Andrew Miller or Brian Shaw or Neil Ramirez or whoever it is. Uh, you know, a lot of great arms down there that have gotten some crucial, crucial outs for us before the ninth inning. And so... Um, there's been quite a few times where I've trotted out there and, and the hard stuff's already been done. And to close it with our closer, a couple that don't count in the 139 are, are the the ones that clinch regular season, clinch postseason series, a World Series save. Uh, what do those mean to you? Are they Do they take a step up because you're on the mound in, in such a great situation for the team? Those, those, those are the ones that... You know, I'll I'll remember forever. Um, you know, those experiences, celebrating with your team, uh, those you know, kind of big moments uh, that you play to get to uh, throughout you know the six months of the regular season uh, to get put in those positions and have success. Um, those those are those are fond memories that uh, that I'll carry with me for a long time. Boy, and that is typical Cody Allen in terms of uh, very much like Corey Kluber deflecting a lot of the individual accolades to his teammates. And if indeed Allen does not re-sign with the Indians as a free agent, and and that probably is a long shot, he truly will be missed not only on the field for his contributions as an Indians reliever, but also in the clubhouse, a big key to the success of the Indians teams over the past three seasons and even 
further back than that as they were trying to establish themselves as a contender in the American League Central. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us and hope you can join us again next week for another look back at the year in review. We'll take a look at the Indians offensively relive some of the great walk-off wins for the Tribe and uh, have much more for you as well from the Lindors, the Brantleys, among others who were a big part of the Indians offensively this season. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.